0: This is Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love. A podcast ministry brought to you by Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of scripture and life application through the lens of
1: grace. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate, your host for today's podcast. Over the past 4 weeks, we've had opportunity to consider various people, who were prepared for the arrival of the Messiah at the right time. We learned how Mary had the right response by believing the angel Gabriel, obeying and submitting to God's plan for her, and by praising God. We saw righteous Joseph, who had the right heart to listen to the angel of the Lord and to respond without hesitation to do what God told him to do. We observed a faithful and patient Simeon, who waited to see God deliver on his promise that he would see the Messiah, and then he praised God upon seeing the Christ child. Last week, we followed the wise men and learned of their belief in Christ the King, their persistence in finding Him, and their worship of the King when they found Him. Today, we complete our Advent series, The Right Time, with a look at the shepherds. How did they prepare for the arrival of Christ? Well, the Reverend Mark Ray is back with us today to answer that question. Mark is the Vice President of Community Development here at Grace and also the Executive Director of our Grace Center for Spiritual Development. Mark holds a Master of Biblical Studies from Dallas Theological Seminary, and a Master of Divinity from Grace School of Theology. He has served churches as an associate pastor and as a lead pastor and has served as COO of a major evangelistic ministry. Mark, I hate to see this series come to an end. (laughs) Me too. But I am glad that you're back to join us to talk about the shepherds. This will be fun.
0: Yes, it will. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, you know... uh, The the shepherds were really elevated by the Lord in this story. Give us a a picture, if you will, what it was like to be a shepherd. What is the job of the shepherd?
0: Well, these particular shepherds are a little bit different from a normal shepherd. Um, And and we get that when we begin to look at the the Luke chapter 2 passage. It starts here in verse 8 and says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. What we know about these shepherds is several things. First of all, shepherds were considered the lowliest of the low class, mm. and these were even the lowliest of the low class. These were the lower class because they were contract laborers. These were ones who were living out in the fields. They didn't own the flock; mm. they were just tending the flock, and they got the worst gig. They got the night shift. <laughs>
1: the night shift on they, the top of it.
0: Yeah, all. they're they're keeping watch over these flocks at night. Mm-hmm. They don't own them. And most scholars believe that they were keeping watch over the the sacrificial sheep, the temple sheep. so these were the ones that when when a sacrifice was made, they were pulled from this flock. so okay. these shepherds had to keep them keep them safe, keep them without flaw, but they were they were watching over the sheep that would eventually be the sacrificial sheep in the temple. Hmm. so the lowliest of the low, they typically didn't smell real good they hmm. were. Uh, they were out with sheep all night long at the worst watch. Uh, these were not um, th- these were not highly esteemed people yeah. in the community at the time.
1: Uh. Again, though, a beautiful picture of God's grace and love and, and allowing them the spotlight. And it was quite a spotlight. And they get a
0: spotlight. <laughs> they sure do.
1: Well, the passage found in Luke 2, obviously, is, is commonly referred to as the Christmas story. Yes. The one we read on Christmas Eve to our family. It really gives the fascinating account of how God intervened uh, into history and, and really gave these shepherds the the front row seat, if you will, So, what was that message that they heard? That Starry Night.
0: Well, let me read it to you. Yes. Because that's let's take it from the text. Uh, Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Mm -hmm. Um, The angel said to them, "Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord." And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So they get this, th- these lowly angels, the lowliest of the low. We started this whole series talking about these are the nobodies. That the magnificence of Christ entering into the world, he enters in with a nobody, a 14-year-old girl, yeah. uh, her husband to be a man that we never even hear a spoken word from, a man named Simeon, who eight, eight verses is all we hear from him. And he's somebody who has waited in silence for God to enter the world. We get the Magi who were pagans, yeah. nobody in, in the world of Christianity or the world of the Jews. And now we get shepherds, the lowliest of the low, and they are the ones that God reveals the marvelous truth That for you, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And then he gives him three signs, or he gives him one sign with three parts. Here's the sign you'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So take a step back for a moment because who he, who he, the angel announces is, There is born to you this day in the city of David. So we now get the lineage of Christ through the line of David coming all the way back to the Davidic covenant of a forever king on a forever throne back to 2 Samuel 7. This marvelous connecting point Mm -hmm. that here is him born in the city of David, which is Bethlehem. Go all the way back to the book of Ruth, which is where that whole scene takes place. And we see Ruth line up with Boaz, who we've already compared to Joseph here. And the line of Christ continues through them out of Bethlehem, Mm -hmm. this place that's called the house of bread. And we know Christ to be the bread of life. life. So we get this marvelous connecting Mm -hmm. point. And this is the one who has been born in the city of David. He is a savior. He is the Messiah. He is the Mashiach. He is the anointed one. He is the one you've been waiting for. This is the Christ, Mm -hmm. the son of God. And this will be the sign. So here is like the Magi had a sign in the sky. There is now a sign that's going to be given to the shepherds. And this is what you look for to know you have found the one who I've just told you about. Mm. There's this beautiful statement about, about who he is and where to find him. And the the
1: detail, you know. So there's going to be no doubt. Yes. <laughs> so that's awesome. Well, like the, like the Magi uh, that we discussed in our Podcast last week, the shepherds did believe. Yes, and so they set out to find Christ so they could worship Him. Correct, right? So that's a stark contrast to what we learned about King Herod. Yes, <laughs> and, and the other relig- and the other religious leaders of that day, uh, they had more information about this Christ child than even the shepherds.
0: Yes. Well, they did. They had much more than that. But you have to look at the fact that, um, let's look at Mary first. She believed. Yeah. She be- So what was special about Mary? She believed. What was she special believed. about Joseph? He was a righteous and just man who believed. What was special about Simeon? Mm-hmm. He'd been believing for years, waiting for this to come. What about the Magi? They saw the sign in the sky. They read the scriptures. They believed. Now, what do we get from the shepherds? Mm -hmm. These are ones who the angel shows them. And what you don't get from the shepherds is when the angels make this major pronouncement, you don't get this, oh, man, I'm not going anywhere. I don't believe this. No. They run into Bethlehem to see what had been made known to them. They wanted to validate. They Mm -hmm. wanted to confirm not for the purpose of disbelief, but mm-hmm. they they were excited to see this is the truth of what has just been proclaimed to us. Mm-hmm. And so they're given three signs, three very specific signs to look for. Uh, and I think those are fascinating signs
1: i do I do I do as well. I do as well. and And, of course, we know the shepherds found the child just yes. as it was told them. Yes, uh, once again, what was what was prophesied or what was declared happened 100% accurately.
0: Absolutely. 100%, which, you know, the true test of an Old Testament biblical prophet was, are they 100% accurate? Yes. Well, yeah. here's an angel who delivers the message. Is he 100% accurate? Yes. They yes. come and find him exactly as the angel said. With those three signs, they're looking for this. So yes. they come and find him.
1: Now, what did they do with this information? They they saw the child and it was like, did they just go back and start watching sheep again?
0: Well, we've got to step back for just a moment because when they came and found the child, here's what they find. They find a babe. Mm-hmm. Now, in the scriptural text, that babe is capitalized, meaning this is somebody different. This is somebody of royalty. This is somebody who is uh, who is above and beyond. This is a babe. And yet who's the first witness to the babe? The first witness to this magnificent babe are the lowliest of the low. Mm -hmm. So the first thing we get is that this is the babe, this is the Christ, and he was not born into a royal family where only royalty could see him. No, he was born and was accessible to anybody who needed to come see him. Mm -hmm. He's accessible to even the lowliest of the low. Second thing we find, so he's a babe, He's wrapped in swaddling clothes. Mm -hmm. Well, there were two purposes for swaddling clothes. First of all, if the child was actually born, you swaddled the child so that his legs would grow straight. Mm -hmm. But there was a second purpose for the swaddling clothes. It was a, a wrap that the woman wrapped around her waist. And because there were no hospitals, if the child or the mother were to die in childbirth, swaddling clothes were used to bury them. They became burial clothes. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you find is this babe who is accessible to anybody anywhere. The second thing you find is that he's already wrapped in his burial clothes. Oh my. So just like the wise men who come and bring burial spices Mm -hmm. for telling of what his purpose would be, they're gonna find him already wrapped in a king who has been prepared to die. Mm -hmm. He's already wrapped in his burial clothes. And he's lying in a manger, this place of humility, yes. uh, this place where, again, the shepherds could come. It was a feeding trough. Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. not a place of royalty, a place of, uh, of incredible birth of mm-hmm. wealth where you would expect the God of the universe to be born. Yes. This was a feeding trough. It was a place where the animals fed mm-hmm. out of. Mm-hmm. It was, but it was also a place where anybody, anytime, anybody of any rank, could come see him and find him. Mm-hmm. So they come and they witness this. It's exactly as they said. What do they do? They don't go back to their, to their sheep. They run into town. They become the first evangelists, <laughs> the lowliest of the low. Yeah. God uses the lowliest of the low to be the first evangelist. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to Easter. Mm-hmm. God uses the least credible witness in women, in women. to yeah. be the first to declare he is risen. Mm. This is how God works. Yes, he yes. uses normal everyday people and in this case even the lowliest of the low get the privilege. Mm. And and so the story has incredible credibility because the yeah. the the incredible nature of the non-credible shepherds are the ones yes. who have the first uh, the first evangelistic witness.
1: Wow, that is awesome. And I love the idea that you shared the the fact that anyone was welcome to come. Yes. Anyone, and had access to him, which is the way it is today.
0: It is the way it is today. And
1: anyway, it's that come as you are uh, uh, message. Yes. So how encouraging, because there are so many, even some listening perhaps, Mark, who think, I'm not worthy to come to the Lord. I I need to clean up my life first. But God is just saying, come.
0: Well, and if there were any who needed to clean up their life, it would have been shepherds.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: But yet... They are the first who are welcomed into the presence of Christ. Wow. Uh, yes.
1: An encouraging word for, for all of us. Yes. Yes. Um, after sharing all that they had experienced, Luke 2.20 tells us that they returned glorifying and praising God. Um, again, we've been hearing the same thing, this idea of just praising, just praising. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing in all of these stories, Mark, when you experience christ in any level in any way what should come out of you following is praise
0: well again we we've said it before on several of these podcasts paul said rejoice rejoice always rejoice in the lord rejoice always yes. he said that from prison we get the example of each of these in mary and her magnificat that mm-hmm. wonderful praise song we get it in uh, in uh, we saw it in Elizabeth, although we haven't spoken about right, Elizabeth, right. but she praises him. Yes, we see it in in uh, uh, in Simeon in his praise song. Mm-hmm. We see it in the angels and their praise song. Uh-huh. Um, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good goodwill toward men. Um, and now we see the angel, uh, the, the shepherds who come back, and they are glorifying and praising God. They're singing the praises of God because they've had an encounter with Him. Um, and it's an encounter of uh, of the the, ris- uh, the the birth of Christ. It's the encounter of the coming one, the mm-hmm. Messiah, the Savior. These are shepherds who would have, as you've said before, they would never have dreamed that they could have, a- have had access to the king. No. They only had access to the king. They had the direct pronouncement from the angels. <laughs> they heard from one angel and then they had the heavenly host singing in front of them. Wouldn't you be praising and singing that oh, way too? Absolutely. Um, so yes, I think that we can follow the example of the shepherds who believed, who sought, mm-hmm. w- went and sought him out. This is just like the Magi and who then came back praising, mm-hmm. um, praising and worship. Can you imagine being on the hillside after mm-hmm. that, coming back to the sheep and going, what did we just see? Uh, Let's give praise to God for that.
1: Yes, just a continuous praise, I am sure. Yes. I am sure. Well, Mark, as we approach the Christmas season, uh, it seems we need to make it a different experience now. We've had opportunity to learn from men and women uh, who who were there, who were there and who were prepared and welcoming the Christ child. Uh, How can we take what we've learned and, and really use it to make this Christmas season a different experience, not only for ourselves, but for our families?
0: Well, as we've said before, if we don't apply this, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, So let's take this. uh, Let's take the example of the five we've looked at. First thing is just the issue of belief. Um, Every one of them, the precursor to everything that happened for every one of them is they believed at some level they believed. Mary as deeply as she did. Joseph as a righteous man. Simeon in his waiting. The Magi and just their surface knowledge of who this was, Mm -hmm. the shepherds and the proclamation that came to them, they believed. The second thing they did is they all took action. They all did some level of taking action on their belief. We see Mary, and she immediately goes through with it. Joseph, who doesn't put her away. Simeon, who holds the baby in his arms. The, The Magi who actually seek him out. The shepherds who run into town, They all take action on that belief. Uh, The third thing is they all worship. In some way, shape, or form, they Mm -hmm. all worship. Mm -hmm. If we just took those three things, Mm -hmm. this Christmas, if we just took those three things and said this, right now, today, is the right time for me to believe, to believe as deeply as I've ever believed in the coming of Jesus Christ, the birth of the Son of God, that He is the risen one, He is the one in my life. Mm -hmm. If we then said, this is the right time right now for me to take action, whatever that action is, to love my family more deeply, to, to, to care for my friends and neighbors and relatives, to extend the mercy and grace that's been shown me to others, to forgive, to whatever that action is that, mm-hmm. the, that the Spirit tells us. And then third, to say this is the right time right now to praise Him, to worship Him, yes. to glorify Him, yes. and to do it, and to do it daily. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what we would begin to see is that God's going to show up in places, in in unexpected ways, in places we never expected him to show up. Christ is going to make himself visible and known. The Holy Spirit's going to point us to him constantly, day after Mm -hmm. day, and is going to lead us and guide us as we open ourselves up to believing, obeying, and worshiping. If we just did those three things Mm -hmm. and did them to the next level of where we've been, God will open up a world to us that we never believed would have been possible. Oh, I
1: believe that as well. I believe that as well. And I pray that that would be the desire of all of our hearts uh, and also to in, to just want to do everything that we can to make sure that our loved ones uh, know the good news, have that opportunity to believe yes. and to follow the footsteps that hopefully we are setting uh, so that it can be said all of all of us. Uh, she was, she was righteous. Yes. He was righteous and he loved the Lord. Yes.
0: Well, and, and as we've titled this whole series, The Right Time, mm-hmm. we can say it this way. There's no time like the right time, which is right now yes. to begin to believe more deeply, to begin to be more obedient, to worship more than we ever have, to praise him more than we ever There's no better time than right now right to now. begin that. God's waiting for us. Yes. He's calling us to that. Yes. Um, And Christmas is the best time in the world because we have the best experience of it.
1: Oh, we certainly do. Well, Mark, this has been a fabulous five weeks. And taking a look at these caricatures from the the narrative of the Bible of the the Christmas story, Uh, I don't think I'll ever read those stories the same again. (laughs) So thank you for your wonderful insight and guidance through all of this. My pleasure. Thank Uh, you, Carmen. Thank you, Mark Ray. Well, the shepherds marveled at the angels and the announcement of Christ's birth. They believed what the angel told them and set out to confirm it. They shared with everyone as their excitement could not be contained. Oh, that our excitement for Jesus would have that same impact. You may have friends and family who need to hear this series. We encourage you uh, to make sure that you tell them to listen to the podcast, the Advent series titled The Right Time. We also encourage you to download our free devotionals we're making available for you. They go along with this series and will help you in your quiet time or in a small group study. You can download them for free at gsot.edu forward slash center. That's gsot.edu forward slash center. Again, thank you for tuning in not only today, but for this entire series. Always remember and share with others that the love of Christ can never be earned and it can never be
0: lost. You have been listening to Saving Grace, a podcast ministry of Grace School of Theology. For more information, visit gsot.edu savinggrace views expressed on this podcast may not always be the views of Great School of Theology or its leadership.